Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. Welcome to Textroverts, the podcast exploring the how behind the who of people working in tech. My name is Martina Simon and I am your host. This podcast covers anything but the job. We introduce the guest, move on to the buzz wheel, a letter number randomizer that determines the questions I'll ask, and we close with sage advice about careers in the industry. Plug in. We're recording. Boris, over to you for your intro, please. Thanks so much for having me. I'm Boris Gamazachikov. I work at Salesforce, and my role is to lead our emissions reduction projects. I'm on the impact team, where we focus on our sustainability, as well as our philanthropy work. I've been at Salesforce full-time for two years, and then the wider tech industry for about eight years. I'm really concerned about the way tech companies are able to drive climate action. I find that a lot of these companies are really at the forefront, and I really love this opportunity to help these companies really realize their true potential. I said this jokingly with Boris before we came on recording. He is probably one of the highest moral guests that we've had on in terms (laughs) of the area that he works in within tech. As you guys know, this isn't just about people that engineer the actual tech. It's everybody in this space doing good. So really excited to have this chat with you, Boris. Thank you for joining. As you guys know, we launch into the questions soon after the intros. There are 520 questions where the letter determines the question format and the number between 1 and 20 determines the question topic. Boris, can you please give me a letter and a number combination? B, two. Okay, two is a topic of travel. The question is... Can you drive? I can drive, yes. Stick shift or automatic? Ooh, only automatic, actually. Honestly, in the US, I think the laws are pretty lax where you don't necessarily, (laughs) I don't think you need to qualify, I think. What? Hold on a second. You either can do it or can't. I don't think they ask. In the UK, you have to pick one or the other when you're learning to drive. And the average per person is about 40 hours of driving lessons, after which you book a test and a driving instructor sits with you, takes you around a course for about 30 minutes and they mark you. You can drive an automatic if you learn on manual, but not the other way around. Luckily, Um, my partner can drive stick. On a recent trip to Europe, she bailed me out. So, (laughs) (laughs) And shout out to Matisse if she's listening. And honestly, let's be honest, where we Uh are in 2023... We're on the verge <laughs> of driving cars. And <laughs> I we're knew talking he was <laughs> Another letter and number combo, please. G7. G is the format of quote, and seven is the topic of aspiration. So what I do here, I read out a famous quote, and then I would just like your thoughts on it if it resonates at all with you. The quote here is by a lady called Karen Lamb, and it says, a year from now, you may wish you had started today. Does that resonate with anything that you're working on in life? Mm. Oh man, so much so. They say the best time to have planted a tree is 30 years ago and the second (laughs) best time is today. I think about that all the time when it comes to my work. You know, so much of the narrative around climate change is really negative and dark, but even relatively small actions like the Montreal Protocol over the last 30 years, like the dent that those things have made, just getting over the doomism that a lot of folks get into and realizing that we can make change if we start today. You know, we're in this really incredible time where the things we do today are going to have ripple effects, honestly, for generations. This has come up before and some people delve straight into personal goals and ambitions that they feel like they're behind on, but you're super passionate in this space, which is refreshing. You mentioned the Montreal Protocol, which for those listening, I think was founded as far back as 87. Most recently, people are getting really aggravated by this organization called Just Stop Oil. 
What are your thoughts on activism in terms of trying to fight the government head on, standing on the highway, stopping cars to kind of make a point about oil and gas and how it's destroying the environment? Or do you feel like the passive Mm -hmm. organizations work better? I think that all of the above methods have a place in our society. I'm not here condoning every one of their acts. I don't actually Mm -hmm. know what they're up to in the realm of civil disobedience. Yeah, democracy as well. Like you're allowed to speak out Mm -hmm. about what you feel and stuff. Yeah. I mean, look, we're in a pretty pivotal time and the entrenched interests of the world are resisting the need to make the changes for a sustainable future. It feels very self-serving the way that we're operating now. And that's probably why there's resistance. There's ongoing information coming out about what we need to do. But what are the quick actions that we might take? I really think that the way we're in a democracy and you know we're in capitalism that voting literally voting and then voting with your wallet are really powerful things at the end of the day most corporations are going to do what the customers are demanding mm-hmm. any personal goals that you feel like you're lagging on music's been a big part of my life but to be honest with the move to the digital space it's been tough to get back into it spend mm-hmm. extra time sitting at a computer it's been a big goal of mine to get back into it. And it's definitely somewhere I've found resistance in getting into. So it's a big goal of mine. That resonates. Time is consumed with work and life and sitting at a desk. New <laughs> year, new me. And on that note, Boris, another letter and number combo, please. We're going to start at the top. A1. Mm-hmm. The topic is family. And the question is, are you a sibling? Yeah, I have one younger brother. He is 14 years younger than me. So, oh, wow. That's quite the interesting gap. Dynamic. Yeah. yeah. I was an only child till 14. By the time he was four, I moved out to go to college. Because you're in such different life stages. What was bonding with your baby bro like? You know, we probably have a relationship that's a bit different than your typical sibling. Mm-hmm. But I think in some ways it could be better than, you know, if we lived a year apart. We honestly have a really amazing relationship. He's such a great kid. He actually just passed his driver's test. Congratulations. Not, not stick, not stick. So I mean, of course. Doesn't meet your, meet your standards. <laughs> he doesn't, but you know, he still deserves this round of applause. Let's shout him out on the podcast if you don't mind. What's his name? All right, Mark, what's up? Congratulations <laughs> on passing your test. If you could go back to age 16, knowing everything you know now, what's the one thing you would advise your younger self? Just keep pushing. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I think I'd tell myself something about how to game the system, surely like lottery numbers or something yeah (laughs) Um, i love this part of the podcast maybe the most because it's what i call sage advice boris for the listeners people that want to get into the tech space want to get into the csr space something that could help encourage them a former colleague of mine would say this quite frequently and it, it really resonates there's a lot of interest in working in places and roles that are aligned to values and we're in this critical time in the climate crisis where we need all hands on deck There are a limited amount of roles with climate or sustainability or CSR in their title. But the real opportunity is by taking quote unquote traditional roles throughout businesses, tech and beyond, and seeing how you can apply sustainability and a climate lens to those to really push organizations from within. And I think that's how we're going to have a lot more effective change, not just somebody on, you know, the corporate sustainability team trying to make things happen, but folks in marketing, in the tech and product teams and facilities everywhere, just using their personal interests and values and trying to push us all forward together. If you are the one person 
that feels like there needs to be more of a voice given to this topic of sustainability. What are some of the solo things you might do? Yeah. Back in early days of Salesforce, there was no sustainability program. There was no employee group. Somebody raised their hand and asked the CEO, you know, there's something I'm, I'm passionate about. Why don't we have anything? He told her to come back with a proposal and essentially she created a 12,000 person strong green team. I think that can serve as a lesson. And I think there's a lot of small bite-sized projects that you can pick out and be proof able, of concepts kind of thing. Of concepts. Yeah. Find more like-minded folks. Mm -hmm. And raise awareness. I think you're saying as well, completely. If you find that nobody is listening, maybe you're the voice. It was Mahatma Gandhi that said, be the change you wish to see. So I feel like we can always draw from that. Boris, that was brilliant advice. Great time spent with you on Textroverts. Thanks again for joining. I can't wait to put this one out. Thank you so much for having me. It's been a great time. Amazing. All right. Well, we'll park it and leave it there. Take care, Boris. All right. Take care.